Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Okay, border pieces, border pieces. Oh, there's one. Oh, and there's a corner piece. Good. What Good. are you doing? Oh, hi. I am putting together a jigsaw puzzle. A jigsaw puzzle? Yeah, you know, even though I can't see, I was taught that I could still put them together. First, you fill in the borders, because the borders have all straight edges. Straight edges. Mm -hmm. And the corners okay. have two straight edges. Oh. And uh, so my roommate gave me several jigsaw puzzles for Christmas, and this one, this one is of uh, kittens and puppies in a basket. It's really, really cute from what I've been told. And... It seems like it's a pretty big puzzle. That's about a hundred pieces. Oh my yeah. gosh! I had a, a jigsaw puzzle of like five pieces. It's really easy to put together. I can't imagine. Hold it. We're in room forty-two, sixteen. Why are we talking jigsaw puzzle? We should be talking the Bible. Well, because we've been studying the apostles these past few weeks. Yeah. And uh, figuring out where each one of them goes in this whole series—that's been kind of like a jigsaw puzzle to me. Well. Yeah, you got a point there. But before we get to our next apostle, we have a letter. From the inbox. This came to my inbox. It is an audio letter. Wow. Connie recorded and sent it. And let's take a listen to what she says. Hope you are able to get this voice message as I think it's a little easier in this case to try to send that this way instead of by typing it. But I'm sure you guys are familiar with Through Gates of Splendor, which is similar uh, happening, you know, as far as the three missionaries being shot down by the Indians who misunderstood what they were trying to help them with and how the, the wives took over immediately and continued trying to serve them, and it turned out later that one of the missionaries' wives and son went bravely into that main Indian and ended up even living with them. They didn't behead them. I mean, they, they were cannibals. They could have ate them, but they didn't. And to make a long story short, later on in life, they even were able to not only win many of that tribe to the Lord, but they also were able to um, help them medically, dentally speaking, and um, in many other ways. But the problem was getting the movie, unfortunately, is the Indians insisted on telling their story themselves so people would have to read what's on the screen. I do not know if it's in paperback or, or even at our libraries for the blind, etc., or ebooks or whatever, because it is old back in '56. One of the missionaries' wives uh, was a member of our church, and back a few years ago, that's Steve, uh, the the mother and Steve, who told all of this part of this, narrated it, uh, was there as our main missionary. It was wonderful. Interesting. You know, the book that she mentioned... Um, Through the 
Gates of Splendor. Through Gates of Splendor. Uh-huh. Um, I, I checked it out. I looked at for it, and it is on uh, Bard. Hey, cool, cool. So not just the the movie, but there is the book. Mm-hmm. I love how she also recorded. If any of you would like to do a recording and send it to us, we'd be happy to take it that way as well as on a digital computer. I like, I like hearing people's voices. I, I like that too. So please, send us a recording. Our next apostle is Philip. Philip, like several of the others, grew up in Bethsaida, probably a, a, a fisherman and certainly of the same education as uh, Andrew, Peter, James, and John. In fact, Philip did know Peter and Andrew. And James and John, of course. Yep, I guess so. We know that uh, because... It was, we believe, Andrew and Philip who were the two disciples who were together with John the Baptist when he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrew, we heard about that. Andrew went and got Peter. Mm-hmm. Well, then the next day, um, Jesus was going to leave for Galilee, and they found Philip again, and uh, he called Philip and said, Follow me. The next time we see Philip is in John chapter 6. And uh, there's the crowd of 5,000 people. We talked about some of this with Andrew, too. And uh, Jesus said to Philip and Andrew, Well, you find enough money to and feed them. Philip said, I only got 200 denarii. And I couldn't even feed all these people. <sighs> yeah. Well... And then Andrew showed up with the boy, with the fish and the loaves, and... Jesus did the miracle. Mm-hmm. And then, not too long later, uh, there were some Greeks, and they came to Philip. Oh, that's right. Philip. This is in Jerusalem, in fact, mm-hmm. John chapter 12. And they said, we want to see Jesus. Again, we talked about some of this with Andrew. And Philip, of course, went, uh, I don't know if I should do that. I better check with my uh, friend here, um, Andrew. <sighs> yes, well, so he checked with Andrew, and Andrew said, yes, of course, let, it, let them come. You know, you're making Philip out to seem kind of dumb well, here. doesn't he seem rather dumb? He's, he's asking some of the dumbest questions. <sighs> no, actually, I think he seems kind of human. Hmm. You know, and... Some people ask questions, ask the basic questions to to get a response. Some people like hmm. detail. Well, that's true. Actually, this like sounds like detail. my kind of guy. <laughs> Scientists, I guess, can be that way. They have to have everything pat, not mapped out, mapped out, nailed down, absolutely figured out. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll stop talking about them as dumb. Thank you. And then the only other time we have Philip is, um, and this wasn't a dumb one, I I was going to have to drop that anyway. In John 14, in the night of Jesus' betrayal, uh, Jesus uh, said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip said, just show us the Father. And Jesus' response back was, well, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. 
to me it sounds like Philip is saying, oh, Lord, no offense, but can you please just make this simple? <laughs> Cut through all the riddles and just, just make it the most basic. Just a minute. Hmm. I thought that in the last segment that the only Bible references there were were in John. That's about right. Philip, that is. Mm-hmm. No, that's not true. Mm-hmm. There are references in Acts. Oh, yeah. In Acts 6, Philip is chosen as a deacon. And in Acts 8, there's a story about him and the eunuch. Oh, and many other stories about him. Mm-hmm. And then he shows up one more time in 21. The question, though, is, is that really Philip the Apostle. Here's my question with it, is in chapter 21, where it says that Paul uh, met with Philip, um, the evangelist, and he's called an evangelist, not the Apostle. Now, wait a minute. What's the difference between an evangelist and an Apostle? Well, uh, hmm, hmm, um, <laughs> yeah, okay. It is listed as a different gift given by God in Ephesians 4. Um, yeah, I guess in brief you could say an apostle is somebody who's sent to a different country to speak the gospel. We call it a missionary today. Mm-hmm. Where an evangelist is somebody who would go to your community and speak about uh, 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 the salvation in the gospel of Jesus to people that are, are of your own kind. And so Philip... Uh, is is uh, uh, called the evangelist, where he was called an apostle. So there's some question mark to whether this is the same Philip, the hmm. apostle. You don't agree, huh? No, I, I don't think I do. Well, in actuality, there are several church fathers who don't either. Um, several that we've referred to already. Mm-hmm. So why don't we go ahead and look at these, and then we'll leave it up to you, the listener, to decide. It really doesn't matter either way whether this is uh, the same Philip or a different one. Um, It is the gospel being spread, and uh, that is the most important thing of all. The choosing of Philip as a deacon takes place in Acts chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. 
they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who laid their hands on them. What's amazing is after these seven men are chosen, the story picks up with Stephen in chapter 6 and 7 of how um, Stephen speaks up for the faith but is killed because of it. Chapter 8 then starts with Saul breathing murderous threats, causing uh, persecutions, and it says that uh, most of the godly men were scattered around uh, the country of Israel, out of Jerusalem, except for the apostles. And that um, Philip went down to Samaria. You might think, down to Samaria? Well, in the country land, it actually is downhill, even though you go north into Samaria. (laughs) And uh, there he speaks and and proclaims the word of God in marvelous ways. But the significant thing about this Philip, whether it is the apostle or not, it comes in verse 26. And would you start reading there? Because this is a, a marvelous story of, of how God can work. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was on his way home, was sitting in a chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I? Said the eunuch. Unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of Isaiah. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? So Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip 
and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. The other place that Philip shows up is in the narration of Luke as he's describing the journeys found in uh, Acts chapter 21, beginning at verse 8. We reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. And that's all we have in the Bible in reference to Philip. But this is the same Philip uh, who was in chapter 6 and chapter 8. Again, the question is, is this the apostle or is this somebody else? Um, And there is argument on both sides. Uh, To me, it seems convincing it's a a separate person, an evangelist. But there's many church fathers, including Eusebius, who says it's the same person. Tradition tells us that Philip eventually moved to Heropolis in Asia Minor. Heropolis means what? Holy city. It's from the Greek. Ah. There was a large mineral spring there. That was always uh, loved by the people because it was believed these minerals in the springs could give healing powers. And its falls were almost as large as Niagara Falls. Hmm. Uh, There was also... A cult there, the cult of the echidna, uh, or uh, what? worship of snakes. Believe it or not, yeah. And we have from tradition from the uh, Acts of Philip a story. The story is that Philip went up to this altar and commanded the serpent to leave. The serpent left, and uh, there was such a stench that a few of the people standing there were killed. But Philip raised one of them back to life. So goes the tradition. Um, After being there, Philip then went to Carthage. And while in Carthage, he uh, proclaimed the gospel. And 3,000 Jews and 1,500 Gentiles were baptized because of his work there. He then went back to Heropolis, and under the persecution of Domitian, the emperor, he was killed. But not just normally. He was crucified upside down again. By his own choice, not wanting to be crucified like the Savior. Cecilia, are you familiar with the artist Michelangelo? Well, I've never seen any of his work, of course, but mm-hmm. uh, I know that he painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, it's ama- it took him Italy. years and years. He was up on the on the, um, the scaffolding scaffolding for a long time, and mm-hmm. his eyes. But he really didn't like to do painting. 
I never knew that. Yeah, you like hmm. to do something else. Uh, yeah. Uh, sculpture? Yes. He did the Statue of David, the famous right. Statue of David. And that's what he really loved to do, is things out of, out of stone and make them mm. come alive. Well, in reading about our next apostle, Bartholomew, it makes a quotation of a painting I've never seen before about the Last Judgment. Have you ever heard of it? I think I've heard of it. I don't know a lot about it, but I've heard of it. Bartholomew is pictured in it, and in one hand he holds a knife, and over the other arm is draped his skin. Because this is the apostle that was skinned alive. His remaining years were spent in India, and that's where he died for the Lord. We learn mostly from tradition that Nathaniel and Bartholomew are the one and the same. Whether which name you go by, there's only one story about this apostle in the Bible. It's from John chapter 1. Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still there under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. What's amazing about this is when Philip came and and told Nathanael, we found the one the Old Testament has spoken about, I'm guessing that Nathaniel thought, oh, he's, he's going to speak about John the baptizer because he's been spending time with him. He knew that. And so it was a, a kind of a double shock. It was somebody different. And then Nazareth. And the shock there is because nothing in the Old Testament speaks about Nazareth and the Messiah. They don't go together. When he approaches Jesus, Jesus calls him a, a true Israelite. That means a true believer, a true seer of God. And and I think Nathaniel, well, how do you know me? We've not met but just now. But Jesus' response about the fig tree, what is that all about? We don't know. Except it meant a lot to Nathaniel or Bartholomew. He understood at that moment, this is the Messiah, God himself. Most of our writings don't say a whole lot about um, Bartholomew. Uh, Tradition does indicate that he did go to Armenia 
And uh, that's where... Um, Jude was. Jude was, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But then from there, he went to India. And we have quite a few writings that talk about him in India. One, a hundred years later, was noting that there was a, a, Hebrew, uh, a Hebrew scroll of the Gospel of Matthew left hmm. by him. But so, more than that were some of the writings and the stories about him. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, how he uh, found a... A uh, cult of people that worshipped this goddess, and uh, he challenged the goddess to show herself, and the statue proceeded to shatter into a thousand pieces. <laughs> and an angel then came and and uh, put crosses on the four corners of the temple, and then Bartholomew asked that the the demon be visible to all to see. And they saw this hideous black winged thing, which then the angel of God tied up and threw into hell. It seems the king of that region, or the governor, was convinced that Jesus is Lord and was converted right there. And uh, uh, Nathaniel even had something to do with healing his daughter who had some kind of a mental issue. It says that uh, she would bite everybody, and she was out of control. Yeah, and he healed her. The problem, though, was this king, Polymius, had a brother who was a stronger, stronger king than he. He didn't like this Christianity, and so he came marching in and seized Bartholomew, or Nathaniel, and that's when he was executed skinned alive, and then beheaded. Okay, Pastor Dave. Mm-hmm. I am missing one important piece of this jigsaw puzzle now. Oh, What's the takeaway from all this? The takeaway. Well, I hope that we took away from Philip, that apostle, that he saw Jesus in the Old Testament. He saw Jesus everywhere and was willing to be led by Jesus even in the midst of difficult times and circumstances in order to share him. And like Mm -hmm. his companion Bartholomew or Nathaniel, he and Nathaniel were willing to not only risk everything, but give everything for Jesus. Bartholomew literally was skinned alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was willing to do this, have this happen, so he could share Jesus. He was willing to go through great suffer and trial. I know that our listeners, Cecilia, well, I know that you struggle. I don't know if you know, but I struggle too. But compared to these guys, I don't struggle that much. Uh, ours is nothing. But even if it were comparable, we should remember that it's for Jesus. And Jesus promises us something far better than this life, eternal life, where pain and suffering and, and such are removed. So, were Philip the Evangelist and Philip the Apostle one and the same? Was 
Nathaniel's uh, last name Bartholomew, or was uh, was his name really just Bartholomew? What do you all think? Please write us and let us know. You can do so at info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone.net. And remember, we, we are, are not alone. alone. Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Robert Vaughn, our interlude musician.